won't you uh, turn in your Bible? Uh, forgive me for having you to stand during that, that moment. It wasn't my intention. Uh, Exodus chapter 12. This morning we uh, talked about mankind having a cloudy judgment. Prayerfully, the help of God, uh, we can see things a little clearly, straight. And we, I'm serious, we as apostolics, you know, we, sometimes we think we have everything, to, the market cornered in terms of and how to live in God and walk in God and everything else and, and uh, sometimes uh, come across like we don't have any issues. As long as you have flesh and blood, you have issues. And you'll always need Jesus. I'll always need Jesus. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 1. I like that. And I actually don't have it here, so I'm going to have to look at it on the screen. And I'm going down to verse number 13. And then you'll be able to be seated for the rest of the night. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, which will be the first month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of yeah, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be t- too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors or his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. They are to take up the lamb. They are to take a lamb out of the flock. And they are to take the lamb, this lamb, in verse number five, shall be without blemish. It shall be a a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Next verse. And ye shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel, shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood, everybody say the blood, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it, And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Verse number 9. For I, this is God talking, I, everybody say I, I. not you but him, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute, everybody say judgment. I'm going to execute judgment. Everybody say judgment. I am the Lord. This is the time for judgment, saith 
the Lord. And I'm going to execute judgment, saith God. Verse number 13. And the blood which shall be to you, and the blood shall be to you for a token. Everybody say token. It's going to be a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. I want to talk to you on this subject. Clouded judgment, part two. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord as you're seated. This morning we talked about the clouded judgment of man. I know it seems like a oxymoron. It's kind of, it, you, it's one of those things where it can't possibly make sense in the, in the sense of God having a clouded judgment. But just bear with me for a minute, you'll, you'll get the gist of what I'm uh, trying to communicate. But it tells us here that God had passed judgment on the land of Egypt, and all of Egypt was smitten with different plagues. It was nine different plagues that the Egyptians were plagued with. They were, we know, plagued with lice and frogs and, and their beasts died and, uh, and locusts in the land and darkness and, and all the water turned to blood. And, and now it was at the pinnacle, the climax of God's judgment. And now not only was the people of Israel, uh, I'm sorry, Egypt was going to be judged, but also judgment was going to pass through the land and it would affect the people of God also. And so judgment was coming. Judgment, you could not escape this judgment. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what your background was. It didn't matter what type of money you had. It didn't matter what type of flocks you had. It didn't matter whether you were prestigious or you were uh, uh, not so prestigious. I was going to say a bum. <laughs> It didn't matter. It was coming. It didn't matter of your religious pedigree. It didn't matter how much you had uh, uh, believed that there was a God of Israel. It, it didn't matter. None of those mattered because at that moment, the only way that you were going to be uh, passed over from judgment is that you would have to obey the word and the commandment of God. It was simple. It was easy. It seemed like uh, some... some uh, moronic thing you want me to take some blood of a lamb or of a goat and you want me to just put it on my door and all of a sudden whoo you're going to pass by and so God said I want to let you know if you do this it, this very thing uh, the plague will not come into your house destruction will not take place death would not happen you don't have to worry about that being deaf in your household. I'm going to pass over you only if I see the blood. Judgment is coming to your house if you don't have the blood. And judgment is going to come into your home if you don't have the blood. And somebody is going to die in your house if you don't have the blood. And so God told them, I want to let you know right now that this blood is simply a token. Everybody said token. 
It's a token and it's a sign that, hey, I will pass over you. I will not allow judgment to come to you. We must understand that I don't care who you think you are judgment will come and you can say well I'm of the household of God the Bible says judgment will begin at the household of God you're not all that that you can't escape judgment unless you do what God tells you to do to escape it amen you can try your own formulas you can try your own tricks you can try to earn it but you can't earn it you can try to do what you think is right but you can't get there unless you have what God required and God requires blood there's just something about God. I don't really understand this thing, this blood thing, you see, because flesh and blood wasn't in heaven in the beginning. And the devil could not understand what was transpiring in the garden, you see, because there was no flesh and, and there was no blood. And so when the devil sinned, the Bible says he was kicked out immediately. No questions asked. No tolerance for it. There was no second chance. There was no forgiveness. There was no mercy. There was no pardon. There was no grace. You slipped up. That's it. Done deal. That's the end of it. Pack your bags, you're out of here. He gets thrust out, thrown out, and he took uh, one-third of the angels with him. We know that, and now he's ruling and reigning in darkness. And then God stepped on the scene in darkness uh, and said, let there be light. Oh, hallelujah. See, some of us don't realize, we think that uh, Satan has invaded our world. No, we invaded his world. He's the prince of darkness. He was cast out into darkness. And then God said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to create man in my image, but he's going to be a little lower than the angels. He will have flesh and blood. Thank God for the blood. Because if it wasn't for the blood flowing through our veins, uh, guess what? You and I wouldn't have a second chance. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. But what God said, what I'm going to do since flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, I'm going to allow God or the kingdom of God to inherit flesh and blood. See, flesh and blood couldn't inherit the kingdom of God. But God said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come down and become flesh and blood. You can't get up here, but I can come down there. And the devil couldn't understand that. And so when man sinned like he did, he was expected to step back after he said, go ahead and eat of the tree. He stepped back and said, watch this now, angels. Here it come. He's, he's going to get exactly what I got. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. He didn't come. He didn't account for the blood. And so blood was shed in the garden. Innocent blood. It couldn't be guilty blood. 
And so man couldn't shed his own blood to cover his sin. God had to take innocent blood. So God took of the flock and said, I'm going to kill this innocent lamb by typology. And we know it was a lamb because it was what was used to cover them. And so now they're covered by a lamb that was slain. Now they're covered by a lamb that shed his blood. And this blood is going to keep death from them. And so here we are in the book of Exodus. God is repeating the steps. God is saying, this is my people. I love my people. I created this people. I called this people. They're in bondage. They're in chains of darkness. They are imprisoned by their enemy. And now I've come to set them free. Over 400 years of bondage. The cry has gone up to me. But now, here comes deliverance. Before deliverance comes, there must be blood. And that blood not only has to be shed, but it had to be applied. It would have been great for them to shed the blood, eat of the lamb, and didn't put it on the door. You need to understand, I need to understand, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God showing his love. God commended his love toward us, and yet while we were sin, sinners, he died for us. But him showing his love, him shedding his blood, it's not enough. The blood must be applied so they applied the blood put it on their doorposts put it on their houses obeyed what God said and he said this is only a token this is not the real thing This is not the real McCoy. But I want to let you know, if you take that animal that's been going bad in the night, and you kill that animal, and you shed his blood, when I see the blood that's just a token of this animal, I'm going to pass by you. The plague can't touch you. Death can't enter into your house. I want to let you know that the wages of sin is death. But if I had the blood applied this was only a token the token was powerful enough to stop the plague the token was powerful enough to stop death the token was powerful enough to stop it The token was powerful enough to keep the deaf angel from coming. The token was powerful enough to cause God's judgment to get clouded. Judgment could not enter into that household. Simply because God saw the blood of a lamb, of an animal. And if that animal's blood was that powerful, how much more powerful is the blood of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth? God had a future for the children of Israel. He had to deliver them from their bondage. But their bondage included their past. 
God spent too much time trying to eradicate their minds and their hearts and their thoughts and everything else from their past. They spent 400 years in bondage and all they knew was they had some garlic and some onions. They had leeks. But they also had stripes on their back. They also had taskmasters over them. Things weren't pretty. Things weren't good. And, 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 but that's all they knew. You see, we need to understand that God is a God not of the past. He's a living God. The Bible tells us that when the, when the people came, the, the disciples and, and, and Mary, the Magdalene and the other women came looking for Jesus, the angels appeared and said, why seek ye to live in among the dead? You can't find the living among the dead. We need to understand we serve the living God. And that's why Jesus said, hey, you do err in not knowing the scriptures. When they said, hey, when, I, when they get man, get to heaven. This, this woman has seven husbands. Whose husband shall she be in heaven? He said, you don't even know what you're talking about. You need to understand that in the resurrection, we're going to be just like angels. We're not going to be flesh and blood. But we're going to be a little higher than where we are. We need to understand that we're going to have a glorified body but not flesh and blood not going to have it not going to be there and so God what he does and you're more like God when you focus when your whole focus is on the future because that's God's purpose and you see God is more focused on the future than he is the past when we dwell on the past we're more like Satan he loves to dwell on the past because he knows he has no future and he want to put it in your mind and my mind. Uh, you don't have a future. And all he wants to do is remind you of everything you've done. I got news for you. God has put it under the blood. You don't have a past. I don't have a past. God said your sins and your transgressions, I removed them. I've hidden them. He said, I forgot them. I don't even remember them anymore. What are you talking about? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood. It washes me white as snow. The token. Can you imagine sitting back in your house and the token covered you while there screams going on all the night long. Do you understand how terrifying that night was? Everybody, every household throughout all of Egypt, all the cities of Egypt, it wasn't just one city. Crying and yelling and screaming, even in Pharaoh's house. And all that. And they sat back and just heard all that. And judgment. God's judgment. As he be approached the household. His judgment saw some blood. And he said, no, I can't touch that. 
Can't do it. That past is covered. God focuses more on our future and covers our past. And the adversary lies to us about our future and dwells and reveals our past. How many times you you repented over something or say, God, I'm sorry for something. I'll think about something I did when I was 12 and that thing will come to my mind. And you know, the first thing I say, forgive me, God. Now, maybe you're not like that. Just because I thought of it. I wonder where that thought came from. Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Somebody told you. Somebody told you. Somebody told you about your past. Somebody brought your past up again. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brother that accused uh, the brother before God day and night, constantly saying, you see what they did? 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 God said, what are you talking about? All I see is blood. Some of you need to get the revelation huh? when you keep bringing things up huh, from your past. Huh? God is saying, all I see is the crimson sting huh, that was shed on Calvary. The devil keeps bringing it up. We were dead in trespasses and sins. I said we were dead in trespasses and sins. Our past. We were dead. But he's made us alive that we're quickened by the Holy Ghost. And by we can't receive that until you receive the blood. Now watch this. If the token stopped the curse. If the token stopped the power of death. The token. How much more? Acts chapter 20. I'm going to read a few verses, if you will. Verse number 28. And I know you know these scriptures, but it's just. Take heed, therefore, unto to yourselves and to all the flock. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The almighty God that created all things that is not inside of creation, but is outside of creation. He's not. Oh, hallelujah. You have to understand everything that's created is not God. He's outside of that and inside of that. He's everywhere all at once. And that God that created all things said, I understand that I made you. Just as you are, I know your frame. I know you're weak. I know your struggle. There's no good thing in your flesh. But don't you fret. Don't you fear. Don't you get all messed up. I want you to know that I'm going to come down in the form of flesh and blood. And I'm going to shed this blood from heaven. And this blood. 
it's not just a token. This blood, it's not just a sign. This blood is from the eternal spirit and is able to cover you and keep you. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody needs to get it. The blood. We've been purchased with the most valuable commodity that there ever was. It's greater than blood. I'm sorry, gold. It's greater than all the money on Wall Street. Hey, it's better than Walmart's economy. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Apple doesn't have an inside track or doesn't have a clue on what God owns. He, he owns all the cattle. He owns all the fields. He owns every soul. All souls belong to me. What he has is endless. You can't quantify it because there's no word to. You can't quantify God. It's impossible to quantify him. We serve a big God. Are you kidding me? Big? What's big? He's not a big God. It's not, he's unlimited. Now watch this. Romans chapter 5, verse number 8 through 9. But God commended, not commanded, commended means showed and demonstrated. If you ever get in a quandary and, and, and doubt whether God loves you, you ever get in a pickle and wonder whether God loves you, you ever get in a predicament and wonder if God loves you, well, I messed up big time. God says, I still love you. Hey, my love is unconditional. I may not like what you do. I may hate the sin, but you are my creation. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were sinners, yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, scarcely would one die. But you go, go, go to verse number six. Let's look at that. Verse number five or six. When we're out of strength, when we, uh, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Here we go. Hit it. For scarcely. For a righteous man will one die. I'm sorry. I, I, I would die for my, 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 my children, my grandchildren, my wife. I don't know, brothers and sisters. I don't know. Well, they need mouth to mouth. They might not make it. If it ain't going through this. For scarcely for a righteous man one would die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. In other words, you may be good. Hey, I don't know about that. But God said, you know what? 
You can be the most rotten human being on the planet. Verse number eight. You can be the lowest scumbag that there ever was. You can be the most ruthless killer that there ever had been. You can just be hideous. He said, but God commended his love toward us that, and that while we were yet sinners. And we want to quantify sin. God died for every sinner. for that man named Saul who was going around persecuting, locking Christians up, getting people stoned and all that. He died for that man. Where everybody in the church in the first uh, at least the first few years was scared of Paul. Uh, Not the first few years after he came on the scene which was years later. But Christ died for us. He didn't die for you when you think you had it all together. I didn't say when you had it all together. Verse 9, much more than, if he did that when you were a sinner, much more than being now justified by what? His blood. blood. You you see, see, we're still trying to earn it. Oh, yes. Now, you know, I was a Catholic, and, you know, you had to do penance. You had to earn it. And if you die and you didn't earn it on heaven... You had to, you go to purgatory, maybe you can earn it in, 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 in you know, that, that in-between place. There's no in-between place. I just want to let you know that. That's what they believe. But much more than now being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We, oh, we need to get this picture. Because a lot of times we live below. Now, I'm not talking about living self-righteous where you think you can just do everything and like you have a license to sin now. Let's get that straight. You see, because you can go, hallelujah, you can go on your door after you put the blood on and go and get a basin and get you some bleach and get you something else and start wiping away the blood. Or you can get you some paint and start painting over it. If you try to do anything about the blood that you applied, you can remove the blood and cover the blood. And if the deaf angel didn't see the blood, he was coming to your house. He had to see it. And so you got to watch out because you can't cover what God is using to cover you. Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 12. Neither by the blood of the goats, or I'm sorry, neither by the blood of goats and calves or cows. I would say calf, but, you know. But uh, by his own blood, he entered once. He entered in once into the holy place. He entered into the holy place once by his blood. Here we go. Having obtained eternal redemption for us, for if the blood of bulls and of goats. Now, when I think of bulls and goats, all I can think of is some food. But if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified the purifying of the flesh, if that did it, if I can go out into the field and get me a bull and get me a goat or go get that heifer, (laughs) 
You know, back in the country, they use that word heifer. <laughs> you can take a heifer and burn and have them ashes and then it cover you. That's some surge power right there. And if God used a heifer to purify, <laughs> the sprinkling and cleaning, sanctify the purifying of flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot unto God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. One more verse of scripture, if you will. Verse uh, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14, I kind of work backwards. For as much then as the children, that's Hebrews 2 and 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. The children are partakers of flesh. What children? He's talking about his children. Because we are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. The creator said, because you have been made flesh and blood and you can't get here, what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to take on the same. And through and that through death, he might destroy him that had the power of of death. That is the devil. And so now what he's saying here, that the one who had the power over death, uh, the power to kill, now no longer has it. Why? Now the blood, the same blood that was on the doorpost, but it was just a token. It had power over death. It had power to stop death. And he's saying that same blood, but this time it's not just a token. Now this blood is going to be shed. This blood from our master, our savior, our redeemer, our redeemer. Now you're going to be covered. And now when I see the blood, he said, when I see the blood, he said, I'm going to come with judgment. We deserve to be judged. Like I preached earlier, people talking about God owes me something. Yeah, he owes us something, right? And you don't want what he owes you. Give me what you owe. You know, like, you know, who was it? It was the, uh, the prodigal son. Give me what you owe me. Give, me. give me what you owe me. Give me what's mine right now. You don't want what, you get, what, you owe, what God owes you. I don't want what God owes because he doesn't owe us anything except for punishment. Hello, you you, you don't deserve, I don't deserve. And what's that song that says, I didn't deserve it, I don't earn it, didn't with it? Come on, y'all sing it now, come on. Huh? I know, sing it, come on. I I can get, (laughs) just like her mama. (laughs) Come on, speak up and sing it, sister. We didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve the blood. You couldn't earn the blood. He did it when you were a wretched soul. Can you imagine? He did it when you were an enemy. You wasn't thinking about it. He died for you. How much more? So when God saw the blood of the token, his judgment was coming. And all of a sudden, he saw the blood. 
and it clouded judgment. If that blood of those animals that was kept by those people, just a token, did that. When a deaf angel was coming at the door and said, whoa, I can't go there. Death was about to, can't do that. Destruction, no. Judgment, ah. Can you imagine when God sees the blood? God, oh. God can't judge himself. Do you understand it's the blood of God? And when he sees the blood, he sees a part of himself, and he can't come against himself. So when he sees the blood, it's not just a token. It's the real thing. You don't know what God sees when he looks at you. Too many of us, we think God is looking down on us. I'm here to tell you, God is not looking at your past. When he looks down on you, as long as you don't cover the blood, as long as you don't hide the blood, as long as you don't wash away the blood, what can wash away my sins? It's nothing. It made me whole. Nothing but his blood. He said, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. My judgment is going to pass over you. I'm here to tell you, church. He said he purchased the church with his own blood. Tell you right now, stay in the church. know what individuals are going up. All I know is the church is going up. And if I can stay in the church. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I think I'm close with this. That ark wasn't a thing of beauty. Gopher wood, what type of wood was that? I know it's called gopher, but what is it? Shittim wood. I don't even like saying that. It's gopher. (laughs) I like the King King James translation. (laughs) No, no, it says gopher wood in the King James. Yeah. It said gopher wood in the King James. I read it gopher. We're going to stick with gopher. You you, you know, you you, you dabble with that other stuff. That thing wasn't a thing of beauty. One window? All those animals? And they were in that ark for over a year? You understand? And I don't think they were opening up windows, tossing anything out. You deal with the stench if you want to be saved.
Sister Sham is getting on. Sister Sham is getting on. Sister Ham. Well, you know what? I'm getting tired of you. Well, won't you go to the third level? This is my level. Going up there. You know what I mean? I know they didn't have a good time, and, it, and I'm telling you what, I, I wouldn't have been. I, I would have been so sick. I don't think they had Dramamine back then. God would have had to supernaturally get do something. You talking about seasick? Couldn't get out. Couldn't get a breath of fresh air. One door that stayed shut for over a year. It wasn't just forty days and forty nights. It rained for forty days and forty nights. But they didn't get out of that thing till after a year later. Now, that wasn't a luxury cruise right there, buddy. You hearing your roads, you know, and all that. Giraffes blowing. Ah! No, giraffes don't make it. Elephants, and, you know, I'm getting my animals mixed up. Definitely the monkeys going crazy. Ah! Whatever. Dogs barking. Cats, you know. Can you imagine? Lions roaring. Crickets. You know what I mean? Oh, my goodness. That would have drove me absolutely crazy. But I would have been saying, yes, I made it. As long as I stay in the ark. I don't care how bad it looks in the church. And how bad it smells in the church. God says, you know what? I got some blood. (laughs) And that's all I'm looking at. And it's covering me. If we could truly get the revelation of the blood. Bishop Wright was talking about it last night. Now it's like, Bishop, stop. Stop messing all over my stuff, man. Come on, Bishop. Let somebody else get it. But I was like, yeah, okay. I, I believe I, I have a word. I'm in the, I believe I'm in the Holy Ghost and, and it's timing. Because sometimes you can go ahead. That sounds good. <laughs> the devil comes on your shoulder. Oh, okay. You don't have what you have. Oh, angels on both sides. Oh, okay. Come on our shoulder comes on our shoulder and begin to see you messed up again. You'll never get it right. You, you really think God forgave you for that? Why well, I keep messing up over and over and over again? Because you're going to need the blood over and over and over again. You didn't need it the first, just the first time. I have a question for you. Because I know the blood was only powerful enough to cover you when you were in, when you were a sinner. The blood was only good enough and powerful enough to cover you when you were enemy. Now that you're living for God and you know better, the blood is not any more of value. You still need the blood now, like never before. If the blood, and that's what he was saying in, in Romans, was it chapter 5, verse 8? Go back to it. 
Yes. Verse 8 and 9. You can go to verse 9. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for, for us. How much more then? Being now justified by his blood. Right now. Right now. You're justified by his blood. Well, but I, 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 I messed up. Right now. If his blood could cover me when I was an enemy, now that I'm his child, like Hebrews chapter 2 and 14 was trying to tell us, now that I'm his child, how much more is that blood valuable to you? Won't you stand, please? I'm telling you right now, Every man that ever lived will be judged. Every man that ever lived, every woman that ever lived will receive some sort of judgment from God. But when it comes to him judging his church, his judgment gets cloudy because he sees the blood. Anybody thankful for the blood tonight? Won't you just lift your hands up? It's more powerful than anything you could ever do. When Jesus was suspended on the cross and shed his blood, it was the most powerful thing that God had ever done. We look for healings and miracles and all that. You don't understand. For the eternal God to robe himself in flesh. Give himself a body, a sacrifice to die for sin and shed innocent blood in that manner. That was the most powerful thing that God had ever done. And a lot of times we as apostolics and apostolics. We sometimes we try to earn credit. Well, God done this, done that, this. When you and I get to heaven, it's only going to be by one thing, and that's the blood. Now, I, again, hear me. I didn't say the shed blood, but the applied blood. And you applied in faith. When I go down in that water, it wasn't the water. It was my faith in the blood. When I repented my sin. It's not because I'm saying a, a magical prayer. God, I accept you as my Savior. Come into me. No. It's a prayer of faith. Prayer of repentance. Because it's faith in his blood. Would you lift your hands up all over this house tonight? I just want you to begin to thank him for the blood. 
judgment that we deserve. We didn't deserve or earn the blood, but he shed it because of his mercy, because of his love. Never allow the adversary to keep you so focused on your past because you're never more like him when you do. I want to be like God. I want to focus on my future and keep my past hidden and covered under the blood. God's judgment will become cloudy. Why don't we just talk to the Lord for a few minutes? It's still early. It's only 728. We as apostolics, we need to stop devaluing and underestimating the power of the blood. We get so worked up in all these other things, the power of speaking in tongues and, 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 and all these other things, the miraculous and all those things. We get so caught up in that. And that's great. I believe in all that. We better not underestimate the power of God's blood. Thank God for your blood. God, give us a fresh revelation of your blood. Give us a new revelation of your blood. Give us a deeper understanding of your blood. the name of Jesus Christ. Let us be as Paul said. I know Jesus and him crucified. I know the power of the cross. The act where God shed his blood for my sin. And now and I'm purchased. Been purchased with a price. It's a valuable, precious price. Somebody say thank God for the blood. Amen. Thank God for his blood. Amen. God bless you. I'm going to ask you one thing before we dismiss, because I'm dismissing. Make sure you greet someone, but I'm asking you to let my wife pack her stuff up and get out the door. Please. Normally she has a, a long line. She's so nice and gracious. And my wife is one that once she gets to talking, it doesn't really matter. She just goes. I need to get off my feet. So I'm asking you to release us. I'm going to shake a few hands, maybe hug a few necks. Love you. God bless you. You have small groups this week. Amen.